We are thrilled to be here. Hi, Hi Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Well, there's not a lot of things that you really know about your physical reality. And there's a reason for this because this is a journey of self-discovery. So if you knew everything, there'd be nothing to discover. And the fact is that you have a certain framework of beliefs and a certain mental construct and a way you view your world. And you've been programmed and conditioned in your youth to believe certain things are true. And you've adopted some limitations and some limiting beliefs. And you've adopted this idea about yourself as who you are in physical reality. And we'd like to remind you that who you are in physical reality is a manifestation of who you are in the non-physical in order to come on this platform called physical reality to go on this journey of self-discovery to become more authentic with each experience and to move along this pathway towards coming to realize that who you are in physical reality is nothing more than who you are in the non-physical and if you could ever get to this alignment with who you truly are in the non-physical well you would be powerful and creative and you would have access to all the infinite intelligence of the universe and you would understand why you're here and how you serve and all this would make sense to you but of course that's really not the purpose of physical reality the purpose of physical reality is to investigate who you are as a human being as this identity you perceive yourself to be and then question any beliefs that don't conform to that or that may be not beneficial to this idea of who you are as a holistic consciousness interpreting a reality that seems separate from you but is actually you by definition you see you're perceiving your reality from this perspective that there's things outside of you and those things are separate from you and this is part of this platform of self-discovery because those things outside of you you have relations to a relationship to each thing so Imagine that you existed in a void and there was nothing but you. How could you possibly know yourself? So enters one person and then you have a relationship with that person. You go back and forth, you communicate, you interact, and you tend to identify yourself in relation to the identity that you've given this other person. In fact, this other person is a representation of you and you know yourself through that other person. Well, that's fine, but there are no things there. There's no other experiences going on. That's one way to discover more about yourself, but it is incomplete. And so add another person here, add a child here, add a parent there, add a best friend there, add a lover here, add an enemy here, and now you've gotten a more well-rounded idea of who you are based on your relationship to all these people. Then let's add a bunch of things. We can add your house and the, the garden outside your house and your car, your job, all the people at your job, your ideology about religion and politics and what's good and bad, and you get the picture here. It's filling in with all these different aspects that you can have a relationship to. Now, most people will feel like they are a victim to these outside conditions, and these outside conditions and people cause them to feel something. Well, there's nothing wrong with this perception of reality, and this is how most humans exist, except that it is based in an illusion, it's based in fear, and the desires and perspectives that are birthed from that illusion, well, just go to add more fear to the illusion, add more exploration of the inauthentic self, and while that is fine because it births desires and those desires go on to manifest into things and those things become new aspects of the environment, new aspects of the reality. 
and from that you have a new understanding of yourself. But it's still based in fear because you're still fundamentally perceiving yourself as a victim to these things and realizing that you have no control over any of it. It's all random, it's all chaotic, it's all just coming in and going out and there's nothing you can control whatsoever. And so from that perspective, you want to control more and control more and control more because essentially you're in the consciousness of fear and you're regurgitating thoughts that have been thought by humans for ages and ages and ages. Now you come to a point where you're starting to investigate this entire identity thing. Who am I really? Why am I here? How does this whole system work? Why have I come at this time? What's really going on here? Why am I thinking these thoughts? And how am I able to think any thought I want? How am I able to choose any perspective? How am I able to choose any belief system? How am I able to actually control this reality? Well, it can't be done from the perception of the victim. The victim has no control of the reality because, again, outside forces indicate how they feel. But what if you flip that around and said, well, what if I was the creator of this reality? And what if I could choose my beliefs and choose my perspectives and choose how I interact? And what if I didn't need to be in fear? What if the fear was an illusion? What if I was actually able to see through this illusion to realize that everything is really based in love? And what if I express love to every aspect of my reality? And then what if I realize that every aspect of my reality is actually me, just a reflection back of what I'm thinking about myself? Imagine if I thought about myself from a higher perspective and then added love or enhanced every relationship that I had, not based in fear, but now based in the truth of who I am, which is I am love. If I did that, then how would I feel as a result? Well, I'd feel good. I'd feel joy. I'd feel all the positive emotions that were haphazard in my past approach to life. Oh, something good happened and I use that excuse to feel good. Well, now I don't do that. Now I realize that, oh, that's an aspect of me and that's an aspect of me and that's an aspect of me. And it's just showing me perfectly who I am in the moment. This system is brilliant and perfect in every detail. It's a perfect system. So I can actually choose how I feel in relationship to every aspect of my reality. And what happens when I do that? Well, then I see myself more clearly. I see myself more clearly, not as the human individual, but as an aspect or a representation of my powerful, non-physical source who I truly am in the non-physical as a representation here in the physical. And with that, I activate all the powers and creative abilities of my non-physical self. My non-physical self who set up this entire life, this entire perfect life, so I could come on this journey and go through these experiences and then question my belief system to come to the ultimate realization that, oh no, I'm not separate from my non-physical self. I am my non-physical self experiencing and observing this life for all the expansive qualities that it has. This is actually a perfect life for me. This is actually what I needed. This is actually where I want to be. I don't want to be anywhere else because where else could I be? What could be more fun than this? And if you have this outlook on your life, if you have this perspective, if you are choosing to believe this idea about who you are, well, now you have full control over every single relationship in your life. And with that, we'd like to talk to you about anything you'd like to talk about Who'd like to start? Joshua, it's Ondine. Ondine. Oh my goodness. This is the spookiest thing ever. Uh, before Gary came on, well, an hour ago, I sent a text message to Gary, which he didn't read. And I said to him, can I ask you a question before Joshua? Because Joshua might 
run into a lead on it. And my question was, knowing ourselves, how do we know who we are? So you've just answered that. How did that happen that although Gary didn't read the question, that was what was been on my mind all day to ask this question? So you've just completely answered, but not not just it was like for me it wasn't it was answering the questions how do we know who we are how, how did that happen i would just love to ask you that well you imagine yourself as an individual living on your side of the world with your own thoughts that are encapsulated in the mind that you have and that have no way of escaping that mind and we want to remind you that you are the consciousness of Andine. You are the physical representation of the non-physical version of Undine. And from your human experience, you think that you're separate from all that is. But in your non-physical perspective, you understand that you're all connected. And so the moment you have a thought that is beneficial or connected to someone, some other realm of consciousness, that consciousness is then joined together and fed to all those who are thinking the same thoughts or all those on the same vibrational level. And what you're doing when you're gathering here is that you're not just the physical human on Dean on a Zoom call in England in a room by yourself. You're connected to your inner self. That inner self then joins the entirety of all those who are on this call now and will be listening at a later date. And that's the consciousness of Joshua at this moment. So Undine's inner self has joined Joshua and Julia's, and Jerry's, and Rose's, and Reshna's, and Tracy's, and everyone else, their inner self is part of this conversation. Now, the thoughts that Undine, the human, thinks are the thoughts that Undine, the non-physical inner self, thinks as well. And those thoughts are not encapsulated in anything. They're thoughts that are attracted, and exchanged, and discussed with all of you who are together in the non-physical realm. So why wouldn't a thought that you're thinking on the side, other side of the planet in England, why does that thought have to be localized? Why does it have to remain in your brain? Well, of course, <laughs> the consciousness is not in your body or in your brain. The consciousness is you on Dean. And that consciousness is then represented by how you perceive yourself and all the things that are in your reality. And one of the things that's in your reality is this group of non-physical teachers known as Joshua. So when you have a thought about Joshua, that thought is available to everyone in that vibrational wavelength at the same time. As a human, you can also access this. And when you're ready, this will be a very common thing. You will communicate non-verbally because the non-verbal communication is full of nuances that cannot be described using the English language or any other language. It is a much deeper, richer, and contextual form of communication. It's simply that you're mass conscious of the planet, the, the majority of humans living right now are living with a belief system that is limiting them from this activating this inner sense, this inner ability that's natural. But you're seeing now that yourself, that you can channel, that others can channel, that others can receive information from other non-physical entities, that this is happening all the time. You notice people have gone through near-death experiences, that their consciousness remains even though the brain is not active whatsoever. The brain has fundamentally stopped working. The consciousness goes on. 
It's the consciousness of the non-physical that's brought forth into a physical form. And there is no disconnect between the two, except a belief system that says there is. Now, that in the past, that belief system has been valuable because it created society and it created structures and it mobilized itself to an advance of the human beings in society. But when that advance has reached its pinnacle, which is this age of awakening, now the understanding of what consciousness is goes to a whole nother level. What is the consciousness of a human, of an animal, of a plant, of a mountain, of a rock, of a planet, of a solar system? Are these things consciousness? Well, of course, everything has to be consciousness because consciousness is endeavoring to understand itself. The difference between the types of consciousness that you would look at would be a level of awareness. And so the humans come in with a great level of awareness. Now, this awareness is bogged down or limited to an extent by a belief system that is only there to mitigate the fear. So the average person has a set of beliefs, we call the mental construct, and the beliefs are, tend to be rigid because they feel like a victim trapped inside an individual body within a malevolent outside reality. And that reality has the power to affect how they feel. So to discard any belief would be to open up the possibility for some potential hazard to come in. Humans want to listen to their leaders and follow the rules and make sure they do everything right and make sure they don't suffer any kind of loss or rejection or failure of any type because they know that they would feel negative emotion. And the one thing they want to avoid is negative emotion because negative emotion equates to pain only because they're living in duality. They think things are good, things are bad, things are better, things are worse. They stratify the entire reality and they separate themselves from every other thing. And when in fear, they separate themselves more and more and more. But in reality, you've all come here to connect deeper, to raise your vibration, to know more, to understand more. You understand yourself through every investigation of anything you look into. This is why you're so inquisitive. This is the human race, the human aspect is this sense that to know more is to understand and then solve the problems of not knowing more or the lack of information. Science has come online and they're learning these new things, but they're still doing it from the basis of this perception of reality of fear. They're still trying to do it to solve problems that they believe exist where no problem actually exists. Those who are in fear will never connect to the stream of consciousness that will allow them the solutions or the, the roadmap to becoming that which is not with the problem. The outliers, however, will be those who are tapped into source consciousness. Somehow, some way, they're excited about their thing they're working on, their discovery, they're excited about their investigation, they're excited about their exploration, and somehow, because they're asking this question, the answer is revealed to them only because they're not in fear. The only way you could receive information that is accurate and truthful from the non-physical is to be in a state of love or a state of alignment or a state of receiving. In a state of efforting and doing and struggling and protecting and trying to save yourself from outside conditions, you only have access to ideas that have been thought before. 
Well, this entire reality is set up for the new, set up for the new, set up for the new. So as you ask the question, who am I? You're given inspiration that will lead you on a journey to discover who you are. You never thought about it before, but how could your mate let you know who you are? Well, because you have an interaction with that person, you adopt a persona, you play a role, you think you know what you should be doing based on what society says is good, you do what you're inspired to do occasionally, you act out in fear occasionally, and you have this interaction with the mate, and you know yourself in relation to this person. And then you add every other aspect of your reality in on that, it's all reflecting back on you. But when you have the basic perception of yourself as the victim, you're always trying to protect yourself from all these outside conditions. When you say, I want to know who I am, and then you get the answer, you are your reality. You are not separate from your reality. You're not separate from anything, physical or non-physical. It is all you. Your thoughts are you. Your connection to your non-physical inner self is you. Your beliefs are you. Your relationships to all the people and things and ideas are you. It's all you. And it is all here to serve your journey of self-discovery, to reflect back on you, who you're being, what you're thinking about at the time. Now that you come to this possible conclusion that you could be the creator of your reality, you don't wince at any slight negative emotion because now you're understanding, oh, that's only there because I have a, a resistant belief that's preventing me from seeing who I am. That's the reason that the manifestation event happened and that negative emotion happened. It's not the outside person. It's not the outside condition. It's not the thing that happened to me. It's the thing that happened for me. So I can find this limiting belief. Now, I'm not going to blame the other person. I'm not going to blame the event. I'm not going to blame the thing. I'm going to look at that limiting belief. Oh yeah, that limiting belief is not true. I can find evidence to prove it's not true. It's never been true. Never once been true. I've always thought it was true, it's not true. What does that mean? Well, if I give up that limiting belief, then maybe I have a bit more freedom, a bit more abundance, a bit more ability to do what I'm here to do and explore. Maybe I know myself a bit more because the illusion caused by that limiting belief no longer represents actual limitation. Good, I work out the limiting belief, I process it, put it aside, now I receive inspiration. Now I'm hooked up to that consciousness of source, seeing myself as the creator and not worrying about all these outside things because I realize they're me. I get that inspiration. Whoop, fear pops up. Why does it pop up? Because some residual limiting belief is still activated somehow, but it's not as intense as it used to be. Now I know more. Here's how the system works. I'm the creator of my reality. My entire reality is me. It's a reflection of me showing me who I'm being in the moment and who I think I am. I think things are good, I'm being neutral, inspiration comes, and that inspiration is the thing that's going to deliver to me evidence of who I truly am. Act on the inspiration, have the experience, get more information, fills in the limiting belief, boom, I've raised to another vibrational level, ready for more inspiration. The inspiration, the inspiration coming from a neutral place, not trying to change anything, that inspiration, that's how you find out who you are. Brilliant. And can I just ask you one last thing? What you, there's a saying, what you think about, you bring about. 
So I thought about this question and then you brought it about, Joshua. So when, when people say what you think about, what you br bring about, would you agree with that? The entire system is complex and intricate and perfect and elegant. If you're trying to think about something in order to bring it about, well, what you're actually thinking about is the lack of that thing. You know, if I just think about a million dollars, I'm going to bring about a million dollars. But why would you want to bring about a million dollars? Only because you lack a million dollars. Only because you lack something. Now, there's nothing wrong with that because you could certainly bring about a million dollars, but would it really make you feel the way you think you're going to feel? Would it really enhance your journey of self-discovery in an exponential and beneficial way as you intended prior to your birth? And we would say, this is what the masses are doing. They're using any kind of trick and excuse to manifest what they think they lack. And what they're doing is they're thinking about lack and bringing about more experiences of lack. That's fine. There is no other way to experience lack than to bring it about or create the lack yourself because inherent to the system of physical reality is abundance. You can't bring about limitation unless you believe that you're limited in some way. What you think about limitation, you bring about limitation. The system actually works in opposition to the way most people think it should work. Now, why is that? Well, because the average human being is living in opposition to who they truly are. They're living as the victim instead of the creator. Now, what would a creator say to bring about what they think about? They would say, I'm the creator of this reality. This reality has been created by me so I can understand myself. The only reason I'm here is to discover who I truly am. There's no reason to get there. It's an eternal process. So maybe I should just ask the question, who am I? And then have all the experiences come along to show you more of who you are, more of who you are, more of who you are. In that elevated question, you can't know the answer, nor can you know the pathway, nor can you know any of the amazing things that might show up along your journey of discovery. You can't know that you might become a channel yourself or that you'll be able to feel the emotions of other people or see who they are or receive guidance from other entities for them or to heal them or to all these things because you have no really ex real examples of anyone traveling this true path of self-discovery because everyone who's trying to do that is doing it to solve some problem and they're existing as a victim when someone asks god for something they're asking for what they lack please save me please help me i can't do it myself i need assistance from the outside Please lead me. Please show me the way. Please make it easy for me. Please do all these things for me. I can't do it myself. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not capable. I don't have the intelligence to do it. Please guide me. But you are your own teachers and leaders, and you lack nothing, and you're actually limitless. It's just your perception of yourself has not arrived there yet fully. You're on the early stages of this. You're coming to understand this but you have no examples of anyone else who's actually done this. This is the new approach to life. As you investigate it for yourself without any attachment to the outcome, just as an adventure of self-discovery, well, you'll be given inspiration. That inspiration will challenge every single belief you have because 
all your beliefs are based in the physical in the physical realm through physical experience and physical beliefs and physical expectations and programming that you've received underlying that is the non-physical system of it all and that system will reveal itself to you if and when you are ready if and when you reach the higher vibration because if you had a myriad of limiting beliefs and you were still perceiving yourself as a victim when it was revealed to you that you're the creator and these are your talents and attributes and inner senses, you would freak out. It would be too much. It would be too scary. And you'd run scurrying back to where you came from. You want the process to evolve elegantly over a period of time as a satisfying journey of discovery. And every time you take some action when you're inspired to take, it will give you information you did not have before. That information will add up and add up and add up and become foundations of confidence and clarity. From there, you can act as if you're the creator of your reality and that entire reality is you. And so when you're acting as if, what are you doing? You're not in fear. You're not protecting yourself. You're not hiding away from anything. You are engaging and connecting more to every single aspect of your reality. All the while, you're challenging every belief knowing you know nothing and needing not to know nothing because the human living in fear seeks to understand its environment in order to protect itself from negative emotion. The creator realized there's no such thing as negative emotion. Negative emotion is just a definition created out of duality. We use the term negative emotion because it's easy to convey, but when you get to a state of neutrality to the zero choice point, you will just feel the emotion without judging the emotion. And the emotion will be a clear indicator of how you're feeling, what you're thinking, what's going through, how you perceive yourself. It'll be an understanding of yourself through emotion. Thank you so much. So profound as always. Thank you. Can Who's I next? go next? Me? Tiffany? Yeah. Hi. Hi. So this is very apt um, because I just had a uh, huge uh, manifestation event in relation to people and basically it's really related to what you said about other people being a mirror to me right essentially happened was um i had an argument with someone and their friend stepped in and they were saying of course they were defending their friend but while they are defending their friend of they were saying stuff about me personally hearing you say well what you said earlier it, it dawned on me that the fear was um, about judgment from other people and i put that judgment as well on myself exactly so you have an idea of who you are based on your physical presence in physical reality and that idea is your mental construct, which is a set of limiting beliefs and empowering beliefs, and it's your way of perceiving who you are. You are creating a persona, and that persona is designed to get people to react to you favorably so that you will feel positive emotion rather than negative emotion. So it's a control mechanism designed to increase the chance of positive emotion and decrease the chance of negative emotion. This persona then limits you from more authentic behaviors and things you want to do because you have to judge any idea or any possible action 
against the ramifications of what someone else might think about you since you've designed the whole thing to get them to like, love, and respect you. And if they were to reject you in any way, you know you'd feel negative emotion because you want more positive emotion and you want to stay away from negative emotion because you're an emotionally sensitive person. But no matter how much you try and control it, the universe is going to reflect back to you who you're being. Oh, you're being a victim perceiving that outside people and conditions can make you feel negative emotion. Of course, that's not the case. So until you come to terms with this, you're going to either be limiting yourself to such an extent where you separate from any possible person or event or activity that could lead to negative emotion. You see, this is what most people do. They hide out in their comfort zones, never wanting to test the waters, never wanting to stretch out and discover more about who they truly are. They're in such fear of negative emotion. And those of you who are highly emotionally sensitive people will realize that the emotion is so intense that you'd either have to shut down completely and stay holed up in your room, or you'd have to change your mental construct or change your perception of yourself. Well, this is what the universe is working to help you do. The universe will pre present you with manifestation events that point out limiting beliefs because there's a vibration within you, a pre-birth intention that desires to know itself. A strong desire to come to awaken to who you authentically are in the physical reality while you're living in the physical reality on earth as a human in life. When you return to the non-physical, you'll know it instantly, but there's something in you that wants to know it now. Why? Because the satisfaction of knowing it now will lead to further self-discovery, will lead to service, will lead to a enjoyable, satisfying life and a brand new chapter in your evolutionary process of living in love and alignment, living in the new approach to life. Also, you came to be an example to others because without that example, what have they got to follow? What have they got to look towards? How will they be inspired? How will they be led to change? You know that coming in as an example, you will affect, as a ripple effect, others around you. And they will start to question their reality, question their limiting beliefs, and start to receive inspiration that will lead them on their journey of discovery to discover their authentic self. So everyone who's around you is only around you and everyone else on this call and everyone else listening at a later date because there's a vibration in you that's seeking self-discovery and service. And they know that if they're around you, they have a wonderful opportunity to have see an example of someone who's living in a new approach to life. Of course, this is an, a process and you come in with your set of beliefs about yourself and your environment and how the world operates. And then over time, through listening to these teachings or enrolling in a course or reading one of the books, you will start to think in a new way. You'll start to see yourself in a new way. And you'll start to dismantle that limited belief system. As you start dismantling that by processing it and finding evidence and analyzing the fear and proving the belief is not true, you whittle away at those outer level limiting beliefs and you start to realize, oh my God, my friend this per and this other person who jumped on me because we were in an argument, all they're doing is pointing at a limiting belief. Yeah, I felt negative emotion and I wanted to fight back and I wanted to defend myself and I wanted to disconnect them, but that was just an urge because I dipped into a state of fear. I'm going to not act on urges so much anymore. I'm going to wait a beat 
and just look at this. Why did this event happen? And what is this limiting belief it's pointing to? Oh, it's pointing to this fact that my persona is inauthentic. And that persona is limiting me from doing anything I'm inspired to do because I can't act because what if it comes to some kind of failure or rejection? That would be too painful. So I have to go through these series of manifestation events until I process that limiting belief. Because until I do, I'll never even receive the inspiration that will lead me on my journey of self-discovery to the level that I intended to discover in this lifetime. So the limiting beliefs are there. The manifestation events come and trigger them, and so do the resistant thoughts. But you ignore the resistant thoughts and you just say, oh yeah, that does suck, that is wrong, that shouldn't be the way it is, those people are bad, that idea is dumb, that shouldn't happen. You maintain your limiting belief system until some event comes to shake you up. Now you're noticing these events, now you're paying attention. Before you would say, I don't like that person, I'm never gonna talk to them again. I don't like that thing, I'm never gonna involve myself with that again. And you're disconnecting, disconnecting, disconnecting from all aspects of your reality. And your reality is actually getting smaller while your limiting beliefs grow more intense. So the average person will create this momentum of strengthening limiting beliefs and then withdrawing from their reality. That feels safe, but it's so unsatisfying and it's so full of negative emotion and it's so full of suffering and effort and struggle. But that's all the examples that you have. Those of you who are paying attention to this information, you're saying, all right, conceptually, I can see that this relationship that I have to my mate, that if I enhance that through acceptance and appreciation and gratitude and neutrality and acting on inspiration to send more love into this connection that I have to my mate, I can see how that enhances this relationship as well as enhance my understanding of my own abilities and powers and, and who I truly am. Okay, I can see that with her. Now, what about this idea over here that I don't like? All right, let's take a neutral look at this from a higher perspective. I notice that there's something there I don't like. What's that? Oh, that's some fear. What's the fear coming from? Some limiting belief. All right, let's process that limiting belief. All right, well, now let's think of this in a new way from a neutral perspective. How can both sides of this argument be right? Okay. Let's enhance that connection because that is an aspect of me and I will send love and appreciation to all parties involved in this thing. It doesn't have to be in my reality. Other people can play with this idea of war and poverty and homelessness and all that stuff. I can be neutral to it, not saying I don't care about it, but that it is a part of my reality that is available for investigation to those who are at that vibration. I'm not choosing that vibration. Okay. So now I look at my mate at another level and this subject of homelessness at another level. And now I look at my finances at another level and I'm looking at all of it as in relationship to me. When I'm triggered by something that's going on, it's because I think it should be different than it is for me to avoid the negative emotion. Oh yeah, victimhood again. Okay, let's look at it and say, no, that's just a... Limiting beliefs have been triggered. Thank you for this manifestation event so that I can now go back, fill out the manifestation event form, and process that limiting belief. Well, how come it's not happening in the speed of light? Why can't I just snap my fingers and get all this stuff done? Because you don't want to do that. That's not satisfying. What's satisfying is the journey of self-discovery, however long that takes. And we promise you, you're not going to get it done. So you might as well enjoy that journey. 
Now, with each step on that journey, you one day process a limiting belief over here, and then one day you get inspiration over here. Inspiration comes, fear pops up. Can I push past that fear? If I can, I will take steps towards more authenticity, more clarity, more intense sensitivity, which is a good thing, which is a superpower. That information they get from the experience will fill in other limiting beliefs. So they are no longer limiting, but new limiting beliefs will pop up. And so if you're living your life and you're having lots of manifestation events, it's simply because you're seeing yourself more as a victim. If the limiting beliefs start to get softer, then the manifestation events don't come as often. Then the things you think are wrong don't come as often. Then more interesting things come, more exciting things come, more joyful things come, more experiences come that show you more of who you truly are. This is how you know who you are. If you are lighter and easier and interested and doing things you're inspired to do and not complaining so much and not acting on urges to change the conditions, you're realizing you're taking this journey, this elevated exponential journey of self-discovery, and you're feeling better. That's your reward. Not that your bank account is filled with millions of dollars or that you get this new house or this new job or this new love. That will all come because if it's beneficial for your journey of self-discovery, it must come. As you raise your vibration, you become a vibrational match to things at a whole nother level. And the universe forms around that to show you that you've created this higher vibration by seeing yourself from a higher perspective. That's all that's happening. What's been happening in the past? The ha what's been happening in the past is you thought that you were limited, that you were not worthy, that you were in lack, that you couldn't be, do, and have anything that you wanted. You thought of yourself as a victim, and that's a perception based in fear. Coming from that perception based in fear to a perception based in love is the journey that you're here for. This is why you're listening to it now. This is why all of you are on this call now or listening to this podcast at a later date. You are on this journey of self-discovery. Is it smooth? No. Is it rough and bumpy and full of events going on? Yes. Why? Because you came for that experience. That experience is why you're here. Now you're judging those experiences as wrong or bad because you're feeling what you call negative emotion. But if you knew who you were, you would not judge those experiences or those emotions. You would not live in this dualistic state. You would live in a neutral state. Well, you're not there yet, but you're on your way there and guess what happens when you get there? You'll know yourself more. And when you know yourself more, things will be easier. New abilities will come online. You'll realize all the crap that you thought before was never true. All the limitation was all self-imposed. All the lack was not possible unless you created it for some purpose, your purpose of self-discovery. Once you've discovered that you're the creator of your reality, any manifestation of lack or limitation would not be necessary. It would get in your way of further self-discovery. And this is why you're here, because can you imagine a more satisfying journey? And then you get to become the example for others to follow. Can you imagine that satisfaction? Can you imagine the satisfying life of playing with this idea of who you are, sometimes falling back, sometimes thinking you're not enough, sometimes thinking you're never gonna get it, and then getting an aha moment, or getting some inspiration, 
or having a conversation with someone who's in doubt and fear and lifting them up just a little bit. Isn't that stuff satisfying? Of course it is. This is why events are happening to you because you asked to be taken or to be moved on a journey of, of discovery to discover your authentic self. That's why you're here and that's why everything in reality is happening. All right. Thank you so much. And I just like to add that the thought came to me while you were talking that I was being so limited and I thought what they're what they're saying was right, but for me it felt really inauthentic. There so, yeah. is nothing more inauthentic than perceiving yourself as limited in any way. Because who you truly are is limitless. Excellent. Right. Who's next? Uh, Joshua, it's Katie. I had a question. Katie. Hi. Um, I guess I've asked a couple of people about this and I, I haven't gotten a good answer yet. I was curious how to tell the difference between an unaligned action, an urge, and an action, an aligned action that, it, that has some fear behind it. Excellent. In the beginning, you will believe that urges and inspirations are interchangeable. You might call an urge to punch a person, I was inspired to punch that person, or that I was inspired to put them in their place, or I was inspired to tell them what I think of them. In alignment, you receive inspiration, and that inspiration is for one purpose, to further your journey of self-discovery. That's it. Sometimes it takes you into manifestation events. And you might say, wow, that's not what I expected. I had this inspiration to start this business and then I started this business and I failed and lost all this money. What was going on there? Well, that manifestation event was the fruition of that inspiration process. You needed to go through a manifestation event. You needed something to happen because you weren't listening otherwise. When you're upset, you know for sure that any idea to take action from a state of being angry or jealous or in some sort of uncomfortable emotional state, you're connected to the consciousness of fear. The urge will always be to change or control the conditions. I'm in an argument with someone, I just wanna tell them what I think, or I just wanna shut up and not say anything and just be silent, or I just wanna get out of there, disconnect. So urges will always be to disconnect from some aspect of your reality. It's too painful. I don't want to read the news because it's too painful. I don't want to open the mail because there might be a bill. I don't want to do all these things because I might feel some negative emotion. Or I want to write back and complain to my congressman. Or I want to gossip with my friends about this person who's behaving badly. All these things are coming to change or control conditions coming to disconnect you from some aspect of your reality that you don't see as you because it's bringing up negative emotion. But the only reason it's bringing up negative emotions is because there's a limiting belief there. If the limiting belief was not there, it couldn't possibly bring up negative emotion. So the moment you feel negative emotion, you know it's a limiting belief. Now, the tricky part is when you're in alignment or when you think you're in alignment. The tricky part is when you want something when you think something should be a certain way and then an idea comes, is that really an urge to go get this thing I think I want 
Or is it really inspiration that will lead me on my journey of self-discovery? Well, that takes a little bit of practice. And we would say that if you're feeling good and if the idea comes, it doesn't really matter. If you can push past the fear and act, when you know that it's not intentionally to change or control or disconnect from something in reality, when you know it's going to lead you maybe out of your comfort zone or do something new, maybe it's an invitation to apply for a job or a credit card or whatever it is, you have a vision of what this action is going to lead to. And that might be based in trying to get what you think you want, but that action will be beneficial in one way or another. Maybe you'll spit out and be in a manifestation event, but the manifestation event is necessary. Or maybe it'll lead you to a discovery of something new. So in those cases, we say the basic premise is when you're upset, you're gonna receive an urge. You're definitely gonna receive it because you are absolutely connected to the stream of consciousness of fear and that stream of consciousness contains all the thoughts and all the urges of humans who have ever thought anything in fear. There's no barrier there, no limiting belief that's gonna stop you. Now, the, what a limiting belief could do is say, I have the urge to punch this wall. Fear may pop up and say, hey, Katie, don't punch the wall. It's just gonna break your hand, break the wall. It's not gonna be what you want. And that is true of any urge. No urge will lead you to anything you truly want. It'll always lead to changing the conditions to remedy the negative emotion that you're feeling. That's why it comes. Let's say that you're walking down a trail and you see a, a bobcat and you feel fear, you feel negative emotion. The urge that's gonna say is get out of there, run away. And so you're gonna run away. So what is that doing? Well, you're on this path, you had this intention to walk this path, and now you're changing course. You're just taking a detour. No big deal, you can come back tomorrow. So if you act in an urge, no big deal, because you will realize it at some point. And if you can understand this process, in the future you'll say, hold on, hold on, that's an urge. I'm not gonna act, I'm just gonna wait until I get back into alignment, it may take a couple days, and then I will state some action. Another thing you can do is when you look at an urge, the action of an urge is never fun, never enjoyable. It's always effort and struggle. If the action in a, what you think is an inspired idea, is effort and struggle, well, that's generally based in the fear that you're feeling. Oh, I don't want to get dressed for this party. Oh, I just want to sit here on the couch. Oh, I don't want to move out of my comfort zone because I could potentially meet up against some negative emotion. That's just this fear that pops up when you're inspired to do something. So just play around with this idea. You can't make any mistakes. It's all leading you to the same place. You don't want to second guess yourself when you're doing something. You want to just go with the flow of it. And if you make what you consider a mistake, no, it was never a mistake. You can't make a mistake. You can't get anything wrong. Every experience will add information. Now, if you can look at yourself from the perspective of the creator, you can say, okay, that was just a creative experience. That just gave me more information. It didn't lead to what I thought I wanted. It led me into a manifestation value I felt negative emotion, but now I have information and going forward, I can do things differently. I can add more love or be more loving or wait till I get into more alignment or think about it or whatever you wanna do. And if I can act on fewer 
urges to change conditions, then I won't disconnect so much from my reality. And I won't be spending time exploring the inauthentic version of myself. And I won't have to take multiple manifestation events around the same thing over and over and over again. I won't have to repeat these cycles. I can break free of these cycles. And I know that this is an evolutionary process where I take one step after another step after another step and I will get better and better and better at this. But it all comes from having a perception of yourself as the creator. None of this is ever happening to you. No matter what happens, it's always for you. No matter what you do, you always do the right thing. It's always perfectly designed. The system is intricate. There's so much going on behind the scenes here. You can't see how it all comes together. And the only way to see it, really, to see the truth of it, is to adopt the perception of yourself as the creator of your reality and not the victim. The victim will have a very hard time seeing this because they will just simply believe things are happening to them and they have to protect themselves. Imagine taking this new perspective of, I've created all this. This is all me. It's just reflecting back how I'm perceiving myself. Okay, I'm not perceiving myself from that higher perspective. And that's why that area of the life of my life is not really working that well. But if I look at other areas of my life, I can see it's working perfectly because in those areas, I perceive myself up here. So it's just a choice of perception. It's just a perception of reality. So which perception of reality am I going to adopt? That I'm the creator, that I'm powerful, that I'm eternal and limitless and magnificent and am I a pure positive being of love? Or the victim who has to protect himself? I have two choices. I've used the old choice before, the old perspective before, and it did not serve me whatsoever. Now, through all those experiences, somehow I've taken enough inspiration to be here now and I'm asking new questions, not when will I find the one? When will I make the millions? When will I get the house? When will I get the job? When will I get better health? I ask this question, who am I and how do I serve? That's all I need to ask. And the universe will work that out for me. And my inner selves and guides will guide me on the most elegant, beautiful journey that could ever be created for me. I have to understand that Everything has always been perfect. I chose the best life, the best body, the best parents, the best place to be born, the best name, the best time and day of birth. Perfect vibrational match for this life that I intended to live. This unique life, no one else's life, this life. Oh sure, it seemed like things could have been better. It seemed like I could have made better decisions coming in here. But I have to remember my inner self is wise beyond measure. And my inner self with me, through me, who is me, designed this all perfectly. I am not separate from that inner self because my inner self is feeling every emotion that I'm feeling in every moment. Not agreeing with me, but understanding me. Not judging the emotions as good or bad. Just feeling them. Because my inner self has no other way to feel these emotions. My inner self is neutral. So my inner self creates this life where I have experiences and observations and feel things and learn from those feelings to grow and expand. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. We have time for a quick silly question. Who's got the silliest question they can think of? I've got one, which Excellent. is... Rob. Hi. I asked this question in the Facebook group and none of us really could answer it, which is why do we think that sights in nature like sunsets and sunrises and clouds and views of the water or the forest why do we think those things are beautiful is it about alignment with 
Don't you yeah. created all those things. You are the creator. Your creation is spectacular. And why wouldn't you just be amazed at the beauty of your own creation? You created the mountains, the earth, the sun, the sea, the cities, your town, your forest. Everything was your creation, your unique creation. How you look at the sunset, that's your creation. How you look at the sun, that's your creation. How you look at the water, that's your creation. Nobody else on earth in history or in the future will ever perceive what you have created the way you perceive it. It's all unique to you. And you create it every time you look at it. There's things you don't think are beautiful. You don't sit out in your backyard having a glass of wine looking at the dumpster. Why not? That's your creation too because you have a perception about it. You have beliefs about it. That's bad. That stuff is waste. It's trash. It should be thrown away. It's smelly. It's disgusting. Get it out of here. But it's your creation too. And every aspect of your creation is beautiful. It's all based in love. And every time you look at it from a higher perspective, it gets more beautiful. Have you noticed going through this process, Gary certainly has, that he sees more beauty in the people around him? How do they suddenly become so beautiful? How do they suddenly become just these glowing beings of love that are stunningly beautiful and perfect in every way? How is this possible that he surround himself by this many beautiful people? He's seeing his creation from a higher perspective. And everything seen from the higher perspective is beautiful. And everything seen in fear is less so. When you see everything as beautiful, you'll know that you've come to a state of neutrality. You've come to realize that I didn't just create the sunset. I also created the trash dump. I also created the wars. And I also created the TV shows and the movies and the books and all these other wonderful things that I love. I've created it all. I'm just stratifying it as good and bad, as right and wrong. But if I can look at the war in Ukraine and see how people are willing to stand up for their freedom against a seemingly massive power that they possibly cannot stand up to, but they're willing to do it anyway. Can't you see the beauty in that? And can't you see the beauty in people who are inviting the refugees into their homes and people who are do donating goods to the refugees and people who are supporting them with signs of the Ukrainian flag in places where they're not supposed to put the flag and the innovative ways people are supporting the Ukrainian people in regimes where they're not allowed to show signs of support. Can you see the outpouring of love that's happening? And if you can, you'll see beauty in that. And then finally, you will get out of this dualistic way of thinking where some things are good and some things are bad, some things are right, some things are wrong, some things are better, some things are worse. You come to a neutral state and all you'll see is beauty all around you, everywhere you look. This is what you see in the non-physical. When you look on the planet, it is nothing but spectacular beauty. And if you could spend a little time thinking about how your life really is, how perfect everything is, where you live, who you live with, what you do, who you're surrounded by, who you interact with. There's nothing that needs to be changed because it's all perfect. And in that perfection is utter beauty. And with that, we are complete.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. 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 Thank you